This is Giants Amongst Us. Welcome to the show. We're going to pick it up right where we left off. This is the second part of an hour-long conversation that we had with Mindy Lee, who was kind enough to sit down with us and share her story. The unbreakable and unshakable Mindy Lee. I mean, you know, just anything you can offer to someone who would be in, in similar shoes? I mean, I would say... I- Look, I know that it's hard right now and I know that you're struggling and you're trying to understand why it's happened or how it's happened, but it will get better. And as long as you believe in yourself, as long as you have people who believe in you, you can get through it. And it will be the hardest thing that you could do is getting through that hump. But like I said, you've got people behind you and, you know, it's what I'm trying to do right now is just built the support group with Unbreakable and Shakeable and... If you need to reach out to anybody, you know, I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there for you at least. I know it's going to be really hard, but just keep going day by day. All you have to do is make it day by day. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Absolutely. And I am loving proof of that. <laughs> A quick story. I actually, this is really random, but it, it ties in with, with everything. I go to the dentist a lot. So the hygienist, you know, you, you do your, you know, six months cleaning or whatever. Um, my hygienist pre pandemic, she doesn't work there anymore because of the pandemic, but she looked at my medical history because I I think they have to. Um, she's like, Oh, you know, you had a brain injury. You had, um, you know, all this stuff happened to you. Do you mind telling me a little bit about that? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was shaken at four months old, you know, struggled through a lot and was able to, you know, make it out. And, you know, I'm, fairly successful. You know, I'm working now, I'm going to school, I'm doing all these great things. And she's like, that's amazing. The only reason I was asking is because my son is a year old or like, you know, a few years old at this point. And he had a very similar situation. He wasn't exactly shaken, but he he had a traumatic, traumatic brain injury. And we're trying to find all of this information online on how to combat it, on how to like support him. And like, how did you get through that? How do you like, cause he does, he's feeling like sad and like depressed and he's like, okay, you know what? Like I'm never going to be anything. And like, so I was able to be like kind of her crutch and her support system and be like, Hey, like, I know this sucks. I know this happened to you, but like you can get through it. And I actually met, her son not too long after that and he is like the cutest kid in the world how old is but he yeah he was uh huh he, he's like a few years old maybe like three or four and being able to meet him and like seeing his face light up and be like hey like you know there are people like me who you know are doing good and doing fine and like i think i was able to give his mom a little bit of hope as well being like hey like there are people out there who have struggled with this and i you know and have made it out the other side and she's doing really great so yeah i could imagine that's something that the mother like as well as your mother to hear that from a doctor to hear that from medical you know the medical staff like there's really not much that hope for the best but Mm -hmm. it doesn't really look too good and so there's really nothing to hold on to as far as 
Is there something we can do? Can it get a little better for my child? And seeing somebody who has gone through a very similar experience and then made it out on the other, not only survived, but is doing an amazing job at it, you know, it it gives hope. And that's what I actually, that's what I want to do is build relationships like the ones that I built with her and not only like loved ones and educators and things like that, but like people, like survivors, people who have had this happen. Cause I know exactly how it feels to struggle. <laughs> now, um, could I ask you, you mentioned a little earlier about you were on disabilities. Now, when, when you picked up this job and you started working, did that really help out with a change in your confidence and in an attitude, maybe in as far as you feeling like now I'm a bit more Ab- self-sufficient and I don't absolutely. have to depend on. Yeah. So I was on SSDI for a very long time. And if people don't know what that means, it's just supplemental. I think it's like social supplemental, like disability insurance. It's like a special insurance for people who are disabled, who aren't able to sustain and, you know, support themselves with a job. And I was put on it at, as a, at a very young age because, you know, of my disability. And it was something that we went back and forth about, my family and I, when I first got this job is because with this, with SSDI, there are a lot of uh, restrictions. You know, you can't make a certain amount of money per, you have to make like under a certain amount of money a year. You know, you can't own a certain amount of money in assets. Um, and like, you could never get married. You can never, oh, wow. if you they get married, you your spouse's get... income counts as. I didn't know that. Yeah, because you're because when you're getting because when you're married, um, your spouse's income because it's your becomes your income. So there were a lot of issues with that because I I would love to get married one day. Yeah. Um, I would love to have kids on my own and being a but also like on the other side of that, SSDI gives amazing benefits. They give amazing, amazing benefits. So it was like kind of like a juggle and being like, hey, I'm comfortable now with where I am and all of these benefits and I'm getting all of this stuff without having to work. Or do I want to work, be self-sufficient, make more money, and then also be able to have more than $2,000 in a bank account and be able to get married? And so at the end of the day, and with my mentor, like helping me, because she, she helped me make this decision really is just, you know, it's, I no longer need this crutch because I am self-sufficient. I can do really, I'm doing really well at my job, actually. You feel Um, like you're doing for yourself. Yeah. I can support myself and I can do all of these great things. So at the end I decided, you know, I no longer, I no longer needed it. So I got the job. I have now been working full time for just about two years. Um, and a few months ago, I got a, I got a, a letter from SSDI, uh, my, my insurance company. And they're like, Hey, you know, we've noticed a change in your, and I had to report like my earnings or whatever. And like, they sent me a letter and they're like, Hey, we've, re- we've noticed a change in your wages. We, so, unfortunately you are no longer, you know, eligible for this insurance or whatever. So being able to get that letter and being like, Holy crap, like I'm free <laughs> almost. But then like also like contacting my employer and be like, Hey, like I need to be put on like my employer's insurance now. But being able to like essentially be free from, you know, I'm no longer getting those amazing benefits, but I'm no longer like being restricted to like doing 
things as well. It was just really nice. So it's like the help, but it, of course, there's strings attached to it. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's there for people that need it, but I, I had no idea. And that I'm they... sure, you know, I know people who are on SSDI who really do need it because right. they aren't able to work. And, and I feel great for those guys because they're getting the help that they really need. But for someone like me who's able to be self-sufficient and do what I need to do. And at first I was scared because I wasn't confident in myself. Like I didn't think I was going to be good at my job. I didn't think I was going to be staying there for full time. I didn't know if it was going to work out. And I'm like, okay, well, what if something happens and I'm working and then I get fired or like, I'm not good at my job. Or if I get cold feet and I go backwards and I, now I have no insurance and no job, what do I do now? And so it was like, like an internal battle with me trying to figure out, okay, do I, you know, kick this insurance and, you know, risk it? Or do I stay in my comfort zone and then, you know, have all of these restrictions? So. (laughs) Stepped out and jumped into the water. And, you know, I have to say it was worth it. (laughs) So that's another piece of advice. You know, if you're struggling with something and you're like, I don't know whether to do this or not. Hey, take the risk. You know, I would say just take the risk. That's another, um, just example of you wanting to change your situation because like you said, you could have probably sat on that for the rest of your life. Yeah. I would have been comfortable too. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to brag or anything, but no, I, would no, have been, right. I would have been comfortable, but I uh-huh. would never be able to do a lot of the things that I wanted to do. I would have never learned the skills. And this job has also given me this job has also given me so much confidence in what I could do. And in my brain before I got this job, it was like, you know, what if it really works out? What if I'm doing so well? Like, what if like something happens and I'm like really, really great, but then I'll never know it because I never, you know, like you said, jumped into the water. And now that I have, it's like, I'm leading people. Like I am in charge of people in my office. Like I'm, I'm now like, you know, training people and like, I've learned all of these skills and I've like learned skills that I never knew that I had as well. Oh, that's great. So it's nice. <laughs> Opened up a whole treasure box you had no idea of. Yeah. Yeah, that's like that's also another thing. We we can just overwhelm our, ourselves with all of the what ifs, but it's always on the negative side. Now, if you turn around, but what if it actually works? What yeah. if this is actually a good move? What if this mm-hmm. is something that I need to do? A lot of times it's the what if, what if it goes wrong? What if, what if I fail? What if I trip up? What if I make a fool out of myself? Yeah. But there's always the other side of it. And that that's, um that's something and that you found out firsthand. Making- Making that decision was, I think that was one of the hardest decisions of my life. Trying to decide whether to be comfortable with where I am or leave the nest, essentially. So you left the nest and flying high. <laughs> and it, and yeah, and just, yeah, I'm really thankful. If that was the first job that you applied for, but I, I could imagine there's some jobs that'll say, uh, you know what, it's not going to. I don't know if you're the right fit and just based off of your disabilities, even though a lot of employers say that they're not supposed to discriminate for that reason. But Right. So funny you bring that up, actually, because PNC Bank, where where I work, um, is actually the first 
place that I applied to. So with um, the training program that I was in called Bankworks, um, so what they do is eight weeks of training. Um, and at the end, the last week, like right before you graduate and get your certificate, they sit you down with all of these banks in the city and you basically do like a test run. You do like an interview system. You have your resume and like you get to meet the people that you could potentially be working for. And they actually place you with an employer and they help you find a job, which is an amazing thing. Okay. Um, and so when I, when I was uh, at Bankworks um, pre- you know, graduation or whatever, we started to apply, like, you know, we were encouraged to start looking for the jobs that we would be applying for. Um, and I applied to, I think, three or four different banks. Um, but PNC Bank, the first, <laughs> the first bank that I applied for, I, uh, they were able to, they basically were really impressed with my resume and things like that. And they offered me a job even before I graduated. And I think I was the first person in my uh, cohort to find, you know, to already have, you know, a job offer and already know what I wanted to do before I even got on stage and got a certificate. So that was also something that was like, holy moly, like, Maybe I can do oh, this. Yeah, okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's a confidence so, booster. Yeah, yeah. They were my first choice mm-hmm. and I was able to work for them. And I've been like I said, I've been working them ever since. And I'm looking at it better opportunities now, but they were they the two years that I've been there have been what I needed to basically grow the and find the confidence that I needed. That was the the reassurance that you did yeah. the right thing. That was the right move. Yeah. And it was, like I said, it was a hard decision not knowing because, you know, it's not like I could like try it and then go back, you know, it's, that's not how that works. Yeah. I was going to ask you that. Now, what happens if something, you know, things happen, if something were to just not work out and you were to have to reapply for S, like, how does that work out? Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. So if you get kicked off, I think you have to wait a certain amount of time to reapply. Oh, and it probably could be years. Right, yeah. And like, well, it would, I think it's like six months to wait to reapply, but then it would take like years to be able to like approved. be approved. Yeah, because they, the government's always so slow about everything, but oh. um, <laughs> yeah, basically you would reapply and then you would have to go through all this process. You have to get a doctor's note. You have to like, they have to basically examine you and be like, hmm, does this person have a disability or do they not? And so like, uh-huh. it would have, it would have taken years. She looks good to me. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, regardless, it would have taken years for me to be able to get back accepted. And like, so. Oh, yeah. wow. So that was really, that was shaking the dice. Yeah. No, it really was. <laughs> and then did you have a, you said you had a talk with your, your family also? Like, this is something that I'm thinking of doing. What do you guys think about it? Yeah. I mean, they were the ones who, you know, encouraged me to step out of my comfort zone. Cause I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what, 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 what do I do in this case? And they're like, Hey, you know, we know you're comfortable. We know you get money. We know you get your debt benefits, but Think about what it's like to be at work every day and be needed somewhere and be useful. And now I help a lot of people with their finances, but now I'm able to sit down and like, look at people's accounts and be like, Hey, like, and I provide financial wellness to 
a lot of people and I have my regulars like at the branch, you know, I've got people who literally won't sit with anybody but me like, you know, cause I've built this relationship with them, the, the rapport and being like, they know, you know, okay, many knows yeah. my story. They know my financial situation and I'm able to, you know, problem solve and things like that. So it was definitely rolling the dice <laughs> for sure. But I can say that it was, definitely worth it. it it gave me the confidence and the motivation and now i know you know if and when i look for a new position that i'm you know that i'm desirable i'm not going to be struggling so you have something to bring to the table absolutely and also and you're like, free to do what you want to do in your personal life say get right. married something like that <laughs> right yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> And it was nice because I'm also I'm also bilingual. I speak um, fluent Mandarin okay. uh, Chinese as well. So being able to because my mom when I was younger uh-huh. at school and you know outside the house I would speak English of course, um, and then when at home I would basically all all I do is speak Mandarin with her. So whenever I'm at home with my with my family, we just speak Chinese and it's able and I'm able to you know brush up on that skill as well. I think that's one of the languages besides Spanish that is in high demand, isn't it? Like as far as translation and um, just people who are able to. Yeah. Well, especially in the in the areas that I'm working, because I'm working right near downtown Pittsburgh and we're sandwiched in between two big universities. And um, these universities have a lot of international students and the majority of their students are actually come from China. So the fact that I'm able okay. to, you know, bridge that gap so to say, between like English and Chinese, it's it's very nice. Now, when you were just just to go back real quick, when you were on disability and you weren't working, was there anything that you were doing as far as like hobbies just to kind of buy time or anything that you were involved with? Job wise, I worked a lot of retail, like I worked in malls and at like retail shops. Okay, you were still working. Yeah, I worked. I mean, but I could only work part time. And I only I had to make sure that I Ah, only got got a certain amount of hours. And I only made a certain amount of money per, you know, week or whatever it was. um, Because I had to report all my wages to SSCI. And if they you know, they were like, Oh, you're making more money than you're supposed to, you you know, so I had to be I had to be really careful with how like, I think I only I could only do like twenty hours a week, and it and it couldn't be more than like ten hour ten bucks an hour. As for hobbies, I do a lot of art. Um, I draw a lot, so I I started off um, on pencil and paper, and I would do a lot of sketches and um, drawings, and then I slowly moved into um, like digital art and having a drawing tablet and and doing all of that. And I do a lot of commissions for my friends. Oh, okay. I, I, I should honestly, I should get back into it. I, I haven't done it in a, in a while, but I um, yeah, I used to do a lot of art, painting, things like that. Okay, yeah, that's pretty cool. I didn't, I didn't know. Um, well, I, I know that they have you under a certain amount of hours. I didn't ten. You can't even really make a comfortable living if you're. I don't yeah, know what the I could, cost I, of I living is in Pittsburgh. I honestly can't even tell you the exact parameters but i know that i like i couldn't work like less i I couldn't work more than 25 hours a week i think and it was really difficult because you know if someone calls off or if someone's needed or if i'm needed and it's like oh well i can't work because i've already you know exceeded the amount of hours i can work this week so it was like really frustrating to work with my bosses 
while I was on insurance because, you know, I can't just like pick up an extra shift mm-hmm. and it'd be fine. Would you so. feel like they'd get, have a, you know, bit of a problem with that or they, they'd wish you'd be able to do more? They were pretty fine with it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember working at one place and like they basically told me that I had to work. Oh, regardless. Yeah. And so I had to give up that job. Like I couldn't, I couldn't work there. <laughs> and it sucked. Like there are so many situations where like, you know, I could have gotten something or I could have started working, but. They just weren't able to meet my situation. I, I thought, I mean, I would think some of them, they, they have, as far as like employing people with disabilities, like there's some kind of subsidy from the government and it kind of covers them and compensates them for what that employer can't do if they can't work a, a maximum of 40 hours, if they're doing 20 that they get. But uh, I guess every sit, every state is probably different when it comes to that. Yeah. I'm not too like familiar with the exact, like I said, the exact stuff, but I just know from my insurance, they gave me a certain amount of restrictions and I had to meet those. So the, the move to get on, do your own and uh, be your own as far as self-sufficient in a way where you kind of had a lot of doubts. I mean, I could imagine everything going through your head, the, the internal struggles, should I do it? Should I not? But that turned out very well for you. And also with your website that you have going on, you're going to leave the link and I can leave that information so people can reach out and link up with you and connect and build a nice community over there with people that are helping each other and supporting each other that are going through the same thing, similar situations. Thank you so much again for sharing your story and to be willing to open up yourself to this. But if you have any (laughs) other, any words or any, any things that you'd like to leave off with, No, I think we've covered everything mostly. It's just, hey, like if you're interested, check out the website, reach out. You know, if you have any questions, concerns, or just honestly want someone to talk to you and be like, hey, you know, I've had this problem or I've had this issue and I I, I really just need someone to talk to, you know, shoot me an email and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to you. Thank you so much, Mindy Lee. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you for tuning in. It truly was a pleasure to be able to meet, speak, and listen to Mindy share her story. It was honest, sincere, and genuine. And I'm sure like myself, those of you listening couldn't help but be inspired and encouraged by her attitude and choice to want to make things better. It's also worth noting there was a time in her life when she was ashamed. But now, she wants to be that voice. She is that voice. And she's building a community to help educate and support family members and those that have been directly affected by shaken baby syndrome. If you'd like to be a part of that community to help grow and build together with Mindy, you can find her and contact her at unbreakableunshakable.com. I'm sure she'd be happy to hear from you. A little side note. Despite her disabilities and being partly paralyzed, did you know when she was in high school, she competed at the varsity level running cross country? That's the power of what one can do if they really get after it. In Mindy's story, the obstacles, the struggles, the adversity the challenges, everything that she's had to face and overcome. But despite all of it, still smiling, 
persevering, pushing forward. And not just that, but she's thriving. She's happy. She's successful. And that, in my eyes, makes her a giant amongst us. If you find value in what we're doing over here and any of this resonates with you, leave a review, a rating, and be sure to share this with a friend, a family member, a neighbor. Help get the word out. And if you're looking to share your story, you can always reach out to me via email. I'd be happy to connect. I also want to give a shout out to all the listeners, everybody that has checked in from across the globe. I'm seeing people from Malaysia, Japan, Australia, Canada, the U.S., Germany, Kuwait. It truly is something special to see people tuned in from all over. Thank you. And until next time, and very soon, peace. Looking for a sign to know I'm on the right road. Ain't seen no signs since Jericho.